Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your round two recap for this week's Arnold Palmer Invitational. Joining me to break it all down, Mark Immelman is here. Mark, good to see you. Good to see you, Rick. Uh, I would say freshly shaven, but not completely. Looking nice and tidy there, my boy. Thank you very yeah. much. Yeah, I never go for the full clean shave. I always leave a little something there. Yeah, you got to have some scruff. Chicks dig the <laughs> scruff, bro. <laughs> That's what I understand. Yeah. Uh, cool. How was it today, Mark? I mean, you're you're working you're working PGA Tour live. You're in the mix. You're seeing lots of shots. Yeah, it, it was great. I mean, I, I actually tweeted last night. Um, that, that sounded like Kyle. Forgive me. Um, I, I I I'm I'm trying to do like three things I gleaned from the day. And yesterday it was a Ram observation. It was a Spieth observation. And then it was, you know, Bay Hill should host a major championship because it is a major championship style venue. And today, I just thought the tour staff did a fantastic job of setting it up. They moved a number of par threes forward, playing in like the 175-yard range. Um, the greens weren't rolled. Um, they certainly weren't double cut. They were a little slower. They had been watered. You could clearly see that because the balls, the greens were accepting balls where in round one, the ball would bounce like halfway up the flagstick at times. They were so firm. And so I thought the setup was very fair today. And, and with some gusty winds in the morning, it, it was... It was challenging. It was downright hard. And then as I was sitting here waiting for this call and watching the end of the broadcast, I was like, you know, people think they can perfect this game of golf and perfect self and perfect the swing and, and betters think they can do all the research and get data and stuff and make good bets. But you just can't because you don't know what the forecast holds. You don't know how your field, your court, whatever you're playing on, is going to change and it's changing all the time and whereas we thought today was going to be horrendous and winds upwards of 40 the biggest gusts we got recorded were like 25 to 30 and then the wind started dying towards the end of the day so the afternoon field actually had the better time of it so color me surprised but 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 you know as always bay hill is a charm and and this event is just so special and the field this year is great and it's it's a it's a sweet tip of the cap to the king to arnold palmer because his legacy deserves a field in a championship like this. 
Well, this place might be able to host a major championship, but don't tell that to Kurt Kitayama, who's only got two bogeys on the week 67-68. He is out in front at the halfway point. That's nine under par, two shots clear of the rest of the field. Mark, we have seen Kurt in contention a handful of times recently. Runner-up finishes at each of the CJ Cup, uh, the Mexico Open, and also the Scottish Open, yet to break through for that PGA Tour victory, but certainly getting closer by the minute well i was there on hand and i actually called him in the final round of the uh mexican mexico championship there at vedanta and i'd never watched him play and look he's five foot eight ish so he's small he's diminutive he's strong i mean he's burly and he hits the thing a ton uh plays a real old school sort of a game with a, a golf swing where the club face is a bit open at the top and then he just slams it shut with a whole bunch of forearm action and sometimes he leaks the driver off to the right-hand side. But when he matches things up, he hits the ball really solidly. And, and he's won around the world, so he's no scrub. And I watched him that day hang with John Rahm. He kept the pressure on. He saw in Scotland, he didn't really die. You know, it's a lot of guys get into contention and they go away. Where Kurt today, to me, looked surprisingly calm. And the round was stress-free, and there were a whole bunch of golfers that weren't stress-free today because of the conditions and because of some of the hole locations where he had a number. I couldn't count them all, but I remember saying to my announce colleague, I was like, how many times has this guy got like tap-ins for par? And on a day like today, that is so crucial. And now as we head into the weekend, you know, tap-ins for par around here especially become increasingly more important because – with the weather supposedly turning proper tomorrow, they'll probably get off to the green some, dry them out, roll them some. And, and so you're going to have to face, you know, some four and five and six footers. But he looks like he's up for it. He certainly does. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I don't think he's going to go away. He's proved that he hasn't, and he's proved that he can hang. Three worldwide wins, 2018 a win on the Asian Development Tour, another in 2018 on a co-sanctioned Sunshine Asian DP World Tour event, and then a DP World Tour victory in Oman in 2019. Uh, Kurt Kitayama, Mark, I believe we had the graphic on this last year, last time he was in contention. He's played on like 10 different worldwide circuits over the course of the last five or six years. It's, it's kind of a true journeyman situation. It is, and to borrow a catchphrase from the tournament sponsor, it's priceless. Um, you know, gathering all this experience around the world, playing on different golf courses, playing in different conditions, that stuff can only stand one in good stead. Because today it felt like a European tour day with the wind gusting and stuff like that. Um, at times yesterday it felt like a major championship. And so garnering all this experience that he has, this is this is a boon for him. This is... This is a feather in his cap, and this is going to equip him even more to hang in there and hopefully withstand the charges of a bunch of PGA Tour blue chippers. So, so, so everything he's done, I feel like, has uniquely equipped him for what's going to be a really big weekend for him. Those blue chippers are indeed lining up behind. Two shots back will go to Jordan Spieth, 68-69. Things were rolling right along for Jordan. His uh, second nine included birdies on 11, 12, 16, 17 before hitting one mark. 199 yards off the tee of 18 gets a, a, a very generous uh, break, hitting it into the, the boundary fence over there. He'd end up making bogey, but could have been much worse. 
yeah, he hit the shrimp off the tee there on 18, <laughs> the fast turner, and a little fortunate. I mean, that was a big sales job he did on uh, John Munch over there to convince him that he could hit that thing left-handed and eventually get relief. But look, that's why he's a pro. He knows the rules. He knows how he can work them in his favor. And in the end, it was nearly a miraculous Spethian sort of a par four. But I have to say this, because last night I-, I did comment about Jordan because we had him in some featured groups coverage. And of all the times I've seen Jordan play, he looked as comfortable with a golf swing as what I've seen him. You know, that kind of crazy practice rehearsal swing that he was making where it was in and then up and around and over and and sort of awkward looking to get feels in the golf swing. That's gone away. And the measure of Jordan for me, and now I'm overlooking the tee shot down 18 because he was trying to craft something low into the wind. He's actually driven the ball fantastically well. I mean, for us, for me, there was a tee shot that he hit down number nine today, which was playing straight back into the wind. They'd moved the tee, the tee forward, so the landing area was pinched by a bunker. There's out of bounds left and thick rough down the right. And he set this draw off, this draw off there right center and just smashed it down there and had like seven iron into the green. And this is a hole that just a few groups before, Tyrrell Hatton had fairway medal in there. Rory was going in with four iron and stuff. So it speaks to the fact that he is clearly confident with a golf swing. And he's, he's, he's looking sound to me. I, I would not be surprised at all if he's contending Sunday afternoon. And, and, and just for what it's worth. Because all the stats people are going to tell me he's putting poorly. He was chipping and putting and that sort of stuff really well. And making sort of the putts that you had to. Now remember that strokes gained putting number, right? Mm-hmm. If... Eight feet is kind of the break-even number. So if you make an eight-footer, you zero strokes, right? If you make inside there, you're not gaining strokes. If you make from outside that number, then you're gaining strokes. But if you miss inside that, then you're losing strokes. And I didn't see him miss but one putt that was on the 10th that was like seven feet downhill, sort of awkward, and he never looked comfortable with a read. As far as I'm concerned, he's putting well. I feel like Jordan is in position. I, I really do. He, he knows how to win. The golf course is is rewarding, you know, savvy play. And, and when conditions get hard, then scrambling becomes a thing. And let me tell you something. That guy, there was one call yesterday where he hit it in the back bunker and I said to my announced colleague, John Swantek, I'm like, this is the kind of shot that Jordan, everyone else is going to be caught with their pants down and Jordan Spieth is going to thrive. And he hit this bunker shot, came out perfectly, landed on the green. And I was like, you're kidding. And it went in the hole. And we both just laughed. We laughed out loud because that's what he's doing. So his powers of recovery are off the charts. And when conditions get hard, these greens get firm. They're going to have to do that. And Jordan has no peer around the greens. He just doesn't. And I don't care what you throw at me. I will fight. I will, I will die on this hill with his skill around the greens. The... Continued chase pack, six under Xander Shoffley, Corey Connors, five under Davis, Riley, Patrick Cantlay, Matt Fitzpatrick, Justin Thomas. We cannot talk through all of them. Let's go to JT here, Mark. It was a 67 that included both bogeys on 17 and 18. He was rolling. There was a little bit of frustration, obviously, with two bogeys coming in, but to still post a 67, one of the rounds of the day in those conditions, um, he certainly kept himself and asserted himself into the mix. Yeah, his quality. In round one, we had him and we saw all the round and he birdied the first hole and you were kind of like, oh, here we go, you know, because it was perfectly put together. Driving the fairway, wedge up there 15 feet, buried in the heart. 
And f- for the rest of the time, he was battling the golf swing. Some just looked very uncomfortable. And in the end, put together a pretty scrappy 72. But that's what winners do. You know, on their bad day, they keep themselves in the mix. And around Bay Hill, par is golden at times. And 72 yesterday did not put you out of the equation. So he kept himself in the tournament. Then off to that fast start today. And i got to tell you, that shot into one. We were watching guys bounce the ball through the back of the green from the fairway there ad nauseum because it was so firm. For him to sting a wedge in there and spin it into position where it stayed in that peninsula, then he made, then he birdies the second, which you should get a free game for because that par three is so hard. It, it, was, it was super special. And he started to look like he got comfortable. And for all of these guys, I think the comfortability is the aspect. Because if you can be comfortable in an uncomfortable situation – you are pretty much beating a half of the competition. And today was awfully uncomfortable with crosswinds and thick rough and, and unpredictable uh, gusting. You know, it wasn't just the wind velocity. It was so in and out. And to look as comfortable as what he did, I was like, man, this is good. So despite the bogeys, he'll be a little PO'd about that. But man, he's right in the thick of things and looking pretty sharp. Speaking of uncomfortable, let's talk about a couple of guys who went in the wrong direction. Cam Young, who got to eight under par after he birdied the 12th hole on Friday. That's one off of Kurt Kitayama's current pace. Unfortunately, Mark struggled on his way in. A bogey on 15, a bogey on 17, and just moments ago made a double on 18 to play his final four at four over, and he currently sits five off the pace. Yeah, he's not the first guy to do that. I'm sure we'll deal with Ram because he played his last five and four over as well, although that was the other side of the golf course. So it happens. Um but what's he? He's in with 73, so that puts him at four under or something like that, right? Four under, yeah. Um, yeah, the lead is eight or nine. Uh, forgive me, my, my nine. memory. Nine. So he's only five back. I mean, five back on this golf course, you do that in 30 minutes. You know, if one guy goes in the wrong direction and you have the old Mongolian reversal kind of thing. Um, so I'm not concerned. He'd like to iron out that finish a little bit. But the truth is, he didn't hit that bad a tee shot into 17, just run through the back some, and, and he missed a, like a five or six footer for par, and so that sort of stuff happens. So um, the, it was the first I'd seen of Cameron Young, who didn't look that sharp in the early portion of the season, but yesterday he looked good when I was watching him play, and, and today there were flashes of brilliance. It just was a hard day, and, and I think sometimes – the fact that a JT goes around in 67 this afternoon and you see guys like Corey Connors doing good days, you think that it's on. But the thing about this weather is you just got to get on the wrong side of a lie once and it can catch up with you. And he fanned that tee shot down the 18th and to miss right on 18 is the cardinal error. Um, from there, you've got no chance. And then if you're trying to get a bit audacious and you go out to that green, then you compound errors. So it happens fast. And he'll probably learn from that because he's so good. So um, Cameron Young is, is fine. I think he'll be okay. You've already alluded to it. John Rahm going in the wrong direction was the favorite and leader after the opening round. It was a 
four over 76 on this Friday, which also included struggles over his last five holes. Uh, he did, as you mentioned, Mark, finish on the front side. So it's bogey on five, double on six, birdie on seven, bogey on eight, bogey on nine. John Rahm losing two and a half strokes to the field is his worst round since the third round of last year's tour championship. And I'll probably get scared for this, but of all the guys who went bad today, this one was the most concerning to me because it really looked like he's got a situation going on with a driver where he just tends this left miss. And we talked in the preview show about how missing left around Bay Hill is just a bad idea. And whereas he was completely virtuoso and looked flawless in round one, today that left miss caught up with him a little bit. And then that stuff tends to have a knock-on effect kind of deal. So the next thing, you miss left, then you miss a green, then you, you don't get it up and down, and then you have a paper cut and a paper cut, and all of a sudden, then down eight, down six, which was his 15th or 14th hole at par five, the boomerang one, he pulls the tee shot out of the neck. He knew it was wet when he hit it. And uh, that, that was sort of the, the straw that kind of broke the camel's back. He did bounce back with a birdie two thereafter, but after there you could sort of see almost, not that he had capitulated, but you could see there was a situation where the normally fiery Ram had kind of like a punch drunk look about him, I'd say. And and it was it was odd to see because ordinarily you throw Ram an uppercut and he's going to get up and just bash the heck out of you. And, and today I didn't see that. I was surprised at the finish. So it's a bit odd. Um, I'm sure he'll probably bounce back tomorrow, but that finish was completely out of character, and, and it makes me wonder what was going on inside of his head. I wish I knew, but it was strange. That would be fun. They should sell a subscription service to what John Rahm is thinking right now. Can you imagine? Good I don't grief. think I don't think we could. It could never make it to broadcast, and we could never play it here on the on this family show. Well, I'll double you down on that one, right? Because <laughs> we had him on our show this morning when he was on the range. Imagine. Inside John Rahm and Tyrrell Hatton's head. Oh. That's going to be a roller coaster of biblical proportions, you know? Oh, I would pay any amount of money for access to, to those <laughs> feats. Uh, let's end this block with a couple of pieces of good news. Rory McElroy plays himself back into it on Friday. Rebounds after a Thursday 73. It is a Friday 69. He moves up 41 spots on the leaderboard, currently in a tie for 21st, heading into the weekend. Four birdies, just one blemish on the card for all Rory. Yeah, uh, the truth of it is, is that I didn't think he had his best stuff out there today either. Still looked like he was fighting his golf swing a little bit. But you know these guys, they're always one swing away from good. And by that token, they're one swing away from bad as well. And they're into six. The whole way Ram has just made seven. And we watched Justin Rose hit two balls in the drink off the tee, and he made a quadruple or whatever it was. Rory gets up there, tee shot into the wind, and spanks one down there. I mean, typical thing. And then he's got this long iron that he whips in there. It was like, it was miraculous. Felt to me like I had a brush with heaven for a minute. And he hits <laughs> on the green there and makes his two-putt birdie. And all of a sudden, he's turned the thing around. And then down eight, he hits this tee shot head high with a driver from an elevated tee, carves it around the corner. And I was like, guess who's back? And here he is, you know, 69, kind of gutted out of par in his last hole the ninth. And um, so, so it was. It was a good day, but not his best stuff. But he is, if he wants to contend, going to have to sharpen up. 
And I don't think with some of the guys out in front of him, he can afford to make any more casual errors. You're going to make the odd bogey, but the silly bogeys, he has to clean that stuff up and, and not make bogeys from the middle of the fairway and that sort of stuff. Seven shots out of the lead, five shots out of second place. The shot of the day to the Norwegian. Yo, Josh, boy. Just run the tape. Let's just watch it. Roar, you heard from on the eighth green. Watch this shot as it lands. Not many have gotten close at all, but not many have gotten it in. A hole-in-one for Victor Hovland. What a shot. Thanks could have got a bit more animated with that call, don't you think? I mean, how often do you see an ace? You've got, you got to go up for that stuff, Brad. Come on. Yeah, you got, you got to get after that one. The other thing is, speaking of subscription services, I'm convinced that Victor has a subscription service that allows him to make an ace every month because this is now already the fourth on tour. I swear, every time I turn around, the guy's making one. Well, I've, keep on, I've told you guys that I feel like he's one of the best iron, play, iron players in the game. His iron game is prolific, and, and he really thrives when conditions are tough because he hits the ball so squarely. And the moves he's made here early in the year – um, changing instructors. Um, I talked with him at Pebble Beach and he had been fighting a bit of a left shot. And for him, when his iron game doesn't thrive, it filters through the rest of the bag. And he's in a place now where the left ball is next to gone. And so he can swing more aggressively. And when he knows that, when you see a right hole location, that stuff is tailor-made for Victor Hovland. In that situation there, there's a wind over his left shoulder, right hole location, I mean, he is licking his chops. And I mean, I was surprised it went in because next to nobody got it close to that hole location over there. But you know, right hole locations and Victor Hovland are a, they're a pair, you know? Yeah, now that you mention it, I, that is almost a carbon copy of the ace he made at the BMW Championship in, in Wilmington, which mm -hmm. I swear, we'll have to run both of those tapes side by side at some point because I swear they, they're exactly the same thing. Uh, you're absolutely right there. Let's talk about... The odds board, uh, put a bow on this, but first we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. And we're back. Let's see it. Uh, the favorite, who we actually have not, we haven't even spent an ounce of oxygen on. The favorite, three shots back, Xander Shoffley, six to one. Jordan Spieth, 30 to one after Thursday's round, now six and a half to one. The leader, Kurt Kitayama, eight and a half to one. Scotty Scheffler lurking as well. He is five back. That's nine to one, along with Patrick Cantlay, who is just four off the pace. And then Justin Thomas and John Rahm both sitting at 11 to one, though Justin Thomas is five under John Rom is three under that is one heck of a board with a lot of big names mark that are battling for this one it is and Xander to me um I just thought he's managed his way around this golf course well you'll oftentimes hear the PGA Tour guys go you know I'm making good decisions I'm getting the most out of my rounds I'm I'm managing what I have and that's what Xander's done he's hit the ball awfully flush um, he's played the right shots in the wind. He's hardly ever short-sided himself. And he's hitting the ball long, so he's getting some scoring irons in there. So he's an enterprising pick. But look, there's a whole lot of golf left. And if I was doing a little sprinkle of money, you know, what was Ram starting the week? He was like nine to one, right? Yeah, he was shorter than that. Yeah, nine. exactly. <laughs> so I'd, I'd lay a few shekels on Ram at 11 to one right now and just see how it falls. Because, yeah, I know I was a little undecided about the finish because it was a curious 
curious event. I've never seen him ever run like that before in my life. Um, but look, tomorrow's a new day and a new broom sweeps clean and he'll be out a little bit before the leaders. He and Rory and, and Hatton and Fitz and all these guys, they're out early. So, you know, make some inroads if uh, this course freshens up and gets a little uh, bouncy in the afternoon. We may be five or six wide come uh, come Sunday. Couple other notables: Matt Fitzpatrick, fourteen to one. He's only four off the lead. Rory McIlroy, who we mentioned, twenty-two to one. And then Cam Young, thanks to that struggling finish, he's going to be T nine five off the lead. He is twenty-five to one. So uh, I agree. There, there is a there's a lot of golf to be played, and there are a lot of shakeups to happen. Two rounds to go, Mark. Yeah, that's the beauty about this golf course too, and I think we talked about it. If we didn't, you've got to forgive me because it's a misstep on my behalf. But that's the one great thing about this golf course. You know, all the par fives are reachable. All the par threes are kind of daunting. Um, but I love a course where the finish, you can see multiple strokes trade hands. And if we're just going from 14 and in, um, 14 is a good par three. Perched up green, you have to hit a good medium to long iron. 15 is just a daunting par four. Round one, that thing's stroke average was higher than the par five 16th, okay? So if you can make four on 15, and then 16's a reachable five, you can see anything from three to six. Then 17's a mean par three, and 18, you missed the fairway down the right, and you cooked. It's basically chipping out, hoping to get, hoping to get up and down for, for a par. You could see three, four strokes to trade hands over the last hour of play, so anything's possible. Heck, we saw it last year when... Scotty shot even past 72, was in for about an hour, and Gary Woodland, Eagle, Eagle 16, then double 17. Uh, Hovland trips over himself, and the next thing, is the champion. So, so it's going to be exciting, and it's going to be really hard to pick. Um, I think the last hour will ever say so. We will see how moving day goes and be back after Saturday's round concludes. And obviously we'll do it all again on Sunday as well. For now, big thanks to producer Josh does all the hard work behind the scenes. Mark Immelman available at Mark underscore Immelman. And you can find me at Rick run. Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time. 